Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hello and welcome to another week of spiritual shit. I'm your host, Alia Lovely. And I want to thank you so much for giving me time and space and all your wonderful and lovely messages that you sent to me as I was going through uh, my grief uh, of losing my my late aunt. So I just want to thank you for for that and for uh, for your support and all of the nice things that you've said. I want to just kind of cover a couple of announcements. The last few weeks have been really interesting. Um, parts of it have been incredibly devastating, but other parts of it have been very enlightening about the new perspective that I hold now, having gone through and watched others go through um, what it looks like to uh, experience sudden death in the family. And uh, it sparked loads of conversations with family members and people close to me, and I really started to think about what does it mean to live a good life? And I kept asking myself the question, what happens when we die? And I'll cover that in a later episode, but I started to think about how in in the last few years, I've been on this deep exploration process of what's on the outside. Not necessarily what's on the outside, it could be termed what's on the inside, but It's more about like what's in our spirituality and what's kind of in the cosmos and the aliens and the ghosts and, you know, all of that kind of stuff as well as internal healing. But I just started to kind of really ruminate on that question of what does it mean? What does it mean to live a good life? And that got me thinking about all kinds of other things and the, the, ultimately the legacy I would like to live um, and leave when I uh, depart at some point or another. So because of that, uh, I have some announcements coming in later episodes uh, about what I'm going to do with this show. Um, there's going to be some a pretty major change, and I almost feel as if I have outgrown the format of this show. And so there are going to be some some changes about that. And so anyway, I know I'm being kind of vague and uh, I want to tell you now, but it's kind of like a half-baked thing. It's almost finished and I want to wait until everything's kind of done. But uh, expect some new things coming from me. But until then, we have an incredible episode today with Bunny Michaels. And they are just an incredible, incredible person that has a lot of information to offer when it comes to self-acceptance and what it means to be a spiritual person um, and not a non-gendered person and what does it look like to 
engage with the world in different types of queerness. And it's a really beautiful conversation that we have together. And I'm so thankful that they allowed me to really ask the questions that uh, I've been really waiting to ask the right person. So besides that, for your patience and for your loveliness, I wanted to give those who have supported me through this time um, on my Patreon some additional episodes that I've never aired. So sometimes we have technical difficulties, sometimes the the world in which we live changes and the, the episodes that we have are not as relevant as they were when we recorded them. Sometimes it's just we don't have enough time to air every single episode that I did the interview for in the early season. And so I would like to put those on Patreon uh, and give you guys some additional just things to go down the rabbit hole about uh, every week. So look for those bonuses on Patreon and go to patreon.com slash the lovely Alia and receive some of those extra unreleased episodes. I'm going to be putting, be putting some extra videos on there as well. And uh, I will be announcing to my Patreon community first what it is that uh, I have kind of up my sleeve, so to speak. <laughs> I'm really, really excited about what that is because I want to help all of you live a more magical life, as I've said before, and also uh, teach everyone how to manifest that in a more dynamic way. And so that way you can have access to whatever it means to you to have a good life. And so that we're not only looking into the cosmos and into the extraordinary, but that we're able to find joy and good in the pretty mediocre or regular in our lives, the nuanced things about our life, as I've found that there's so much joy packed in some of those really what we think are quote unquote minor moments. So I, I hope to take you on the journey of growth as I'm growing as well. And those of you who would like to stick with me uh, will, will know very soon what the rest of that journey is going to look like. So anyway, enough with this vague stuff. <laughs> And now I just want to take a moment for our sponsor, which is Wisdom Health. And given for myself that I'm someone who is looking deep into my journey uh, to manifesting better health even, sometimes you need a little bit of help. And so if you are suffering from a nagging health issue, uh, maybe you've got persistent digestive problems, skin breakouts, um, maybe you're just not having enough energy. And if you're fed up with conventional doctors going through rushed appointments and just given script after script without someone really looking deep into your history and what your actual health is, um, many people have been told that they're diseases are incurable when actually many chronic conditions are reversible when you treat the root cause. So Wisdom Health is a revolutionary service that matches you with leading functional medicine doctor to help you address your health issues. And you'll spend a full 60 minutes, that's right, 60 minutes and go deep into your health issues to find solutions that truly work for you. Wisdom doctors help you dive deep into your health with advanced tests and create a personalized plan for you. And unlike conventional doctors, they use diet, advanced supplement guidance, and targeted lifestyle changes to help you address your real underlying health issues. Functional medicine can be extremely expensive, but with Wisdom, they pre-negotiate industry-leading rates for you. Appointments with a functional medicine doctor are just $189, and a functional nutritionist is just $115. If you join Wisdom Health today and use the code ALIA, A-L-E-A, 
you can get $100 off your first appointment. So go to wisdomhealth.co and use the code ALIA to get $100 off your first appointment. That's wisdomhealth.co. All right, so let's get into today's episode right now. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely, and today we have Angel Incarnate, Bunny Michael. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) How are you doing, honey? (laughs) I'm doing great. I'm really happy to be talking to you right now. Yeah, me too. Like we did an interview with each other and I was on your show Mm -hmm. a few weeks back and it was so, it was just so lovely to be in your energy. Like, I really mean that when I say angel incarnate, um, if you guys have not checked it out already, check out her podcast, XO higher self podcast, Mm -hmm. where she answers questions, uh, for people. And just, I mean, the way you deliver things is just so kind and loving. And I really do feel like you become this embodiment of what higher self should be. And I think that that's really beautiful. So thank you for being here. Yay. Yay. Um, So kind of talk to us a little bit about you um, and all my research that I found. It's actually hard to find background on you. Well, (laughs) I don't mind that so much. I know. (laughs) A little (laughs) private. Um, I found all that, you know, like I got to see one of your, your old videos, like gasolina (laughs) circa 2014. Um, Oh yeah. Fun. And, um, and I actually found you a long time ago. Um, when you, you have, you'd been doing those memes, the, the higher Uh self versus ego memes. And that was what, you know, kind of got you on your, on my radar. So Mm -hmm. yeah, talk to us and tell us like kind of how you became the the bad bitch you are today. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Well, I use they, them pronouns just so you know. Um, and let's see, Hmm. I am an artist. I do all sorts of stuff. I'm a writer. I am a producer, I make music, but all of the different mediums that I do stuff in is all kind of centered around this one message of aligning with your higher self. And the way that I define higher self is who you are beyond your learned hierarchical beliefs. So that's kind of like a term that I've sort of been using. That is any belief that puts human beings in a hierarchy of of worth, right? And that can be about any number of things, right? Depending on who you are, how you grew up, what environment you're in. And it's not just about what we normally think about as hierarchical beliefs, say, for example, racism, sexism. It even goes to the more, the, the on, on the mac, micro scale when it's even just I don't know. I'm more spiritual than you are. Um, I'm more awakened than you. I'm more um, aware. Uh, even in partnerships, even like say intimate partnerships where you're kind of judging um, somebody else's stuff <laughs> as making them like less worthy or, or more worthy than you. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's really about changing the lens um, to seeing our wholeness and the fact that we are all enough, just how we are. Mm-hmm. And from that point of view, we can work with the conditioning. We can, we can understand it. We can see where it is, but also be able to separate ourselves from it. And, and in that way, kind of take away its power and be able to move past it easier when you stop identifying yourself with that and stop identifying people that way as well, as well. Yeah. So 
<laughs> I think I used the wrong pronoun. That's okay. And that, and, That's and okay. Don't worry. It's okay. This, this is we why just- I want, I wanted to talk about queer issues for a very important reason, mm-hmm. because I think that not to make it like a whole big ta-da, like, mm-hmm. uh, about pronouns specifically, but because they're like, the inclusion that's necessary in order to allow communities to feel safe in spaces. It's Mm -hmm. important for us to be able to acknowledge areas in which we've been socialized Mm -hmm. and areas where it's just so like back of mind, you don't really think about it and Mm -hmm. having to come to a learning and an education in order to be in that space as a person of color. I'm aware of that very much. So in other, other sectors, and then also aware of where I need to do more work. And so, um, what, what, you know, kind of talk to me about your childhood and how you grew up and like, I'm still trying to get to your background here, uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, but yeah. to understand a bit more about where you come from. And because I'm always really interested in like, how do people get to the place where they have come into the space to help others in that way? Typically mm-hmm. we end up being most gifted in the areas where we're wounded. So I'm curious how mm-hmm. that, uh, coalesced for you. Oh, it definitely coalesced. I mean, I grew up in, I'm, I'm half Samoan, half Mexican. My mom was born in Samoa, American Samoa. Um, and so I grew up in a really in Texas. That's where I grew up in Texas. So I grew up around in a very protective family. That's kind of like Samoan culture. It's sort of like weary of outsiders. It's very like you stay home, you clean the house, very strict. Um, from the time I was really little, I was just had a lot of responsibilities cleaning mostly and, and also working for my, I worked for my parents' business too. But I think a huge thing changed when I was 15 and I came out when I was 15 where I was outed, um, because my mom caught me kissing my girlfriend. Um, and that kind of started this whole years long, difficult period of my life where my parents, didn't accept me. Uh, and they really, they have really had a hard time with it, which kind of led me to become even more rebellious and get into drugs. And I, I left home. I lived with my girlfriend's family for a while. And so I wasn't living at home. And then I actually ended up in a mental health hospital as a teenager, because all of these things on top of each other, I kind of, I, I went through like a very depressive suicidal stage of course in the moment you know you don't really understand what's happening to you but now looking back I understand that that feeling of no longer belonging Mm. as as part of the family and and that really being broken that sense of acceptance has reverberated so much even even now in in this idea of self-acceptance and still feeling on the outside of things. And, and so that's kind of been the driving force, obviously for, I mean, all of my work is this, uh, journey to being able to validate myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because when it wasn't the parents, then it became the partners, right. Right. Then it became my, my, my partners had needed to validate me, which led to a whole other set of problems and unhealthy attachments and, and, and stuff like that. So I, it wasn't until probably like 2016, I mean, I've been on a spiritual journey for a long time, but it wasn't until 2016, I went through this really, really difficult breakup 
that I, that really started to connect with um, my higher self. And I was sort of forced into that, like, oh, like you are, you're either going to be out of this game or you're going to finally realize that it's you you've been looking for this whole time. Um, And that happened through an experience where I had a vision of myself um, outside of my body. And I had a vision where I, I, I just held myself and I said, you're, you're okay. You're, you're, you're enough. Just how you are. You're it's all okay. And I like hugged myself in this like vision. And then I kind of snapped out of it and it was such a relief. It was like a surrender. Mm. I was, and I saw, oh, you know, like all I needed to give myself permission. Um, cause I had been searching for that, you know, through my career part, you know, family, yeah. and you're never really going to feel that until you give it to yourself. Mm. So out of that from 2016 on actually was when I started making those memes on Instagram just because I was like, you know what? I need this. I don't yeah. know. And at the same time, it was like those evil Kermit memes were going around with yeah. the lower, the <laughs> lower thought. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what if I did the higher thought? Yeah. You know, cause like, I don't know. And I just made a couple and I saw like Channy Nicholas liked it. And I was, and I was a real big like fan of her and I wrote her and I was like, Hey, you know, like I started making the, these, oh, you know, you've inspired me a lot. She's like, keep going. And I don't know. I just, all these signs and it just kind of, it kind of, uh, just kept going. And, and I did, yeah, snowball, that's the word. <laughs> and I realized at that time I wrote down on a piece of paper, right in the beginning stages of that. And it said, uh, what do people need now? And it's still on, it's like, um, it's still on my, it's framed on my wall now. And it's just like Mm -hmm. a little piece of paper. It says, what do people need now? Freedom to be themselves, a safe space, inspired to contribute to humanity, a unique voice self-expression, to feel loved, respected, and appreciated, to heal from past trauma. And then I wrote, how can I help? Mm. And I decided from that point that I wasn't gonna share anything unless it fit into those categories. Wow. That gives me chills (laughs) because I feel, first of all, it's, it's with such clarity that you delivered that message. First of all, I think that a lot of people who are listening to that will find a lot of identity in what you said, that feeling of needing to be validated by those outside of themselves. And then that you had such a clarity about, okay, this is what I'm doing. This Mm -hmm. is how I'm going to move through the world. And I find that really powerful because I think even like, um, you know, with my mystery school, like we, we talk very often about what are your gifts and what is it that you want to contribute to the world and so on. Um, but there's this deep need for acceptance of self first, before you get to the place where you understand this is what I want to do for the world essentially. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. how do you, what, what conspired in that, in that moment to help you realize, like, besides like you having the awakening and the breakup and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. like you decided I'm going to, I'm not only going to do this, I'm going to like whoop ass at this. (laughs) Well, you know what, to be honest, 
I don't, to be honest, I just had it. I had a realization actually in an ayahuasca ceremony, mm-hmm. and this was actually happened a couple of years before this. So I think all these sort of things kind of started to make sense. Yeah. And I, and those lessons are continually happening to me, but you know, I was an artist already. I was a musician. I, I knew I wanted to be like, I went to college for acting. Like, so I was really focused on trying to be like famous and like really popular. And so I was always like up and down with that stuff. And I, and I was really just, you know, obviously it's hard. Yeah. And then I did, I did a few ayahuasca ceremonies and the last one, I just saw that it, what my creative output actually wasn't about me. Hmm. Um, I, I, I saw that it was a channeling of an energy that we all share and it just comes out in the form that it does based on my own personal experience and, you know, my perspective at that point in time, but ultimately it was a gift that I'm giving out and there is no good. There is no bad. Um, And when I really like felt that (laughs) I actually had a conversation with God and I said, and I said, okay, I understand. And then I said, okay, but what should it look like? You know? And, and God was like, that's your job. That's your job. (laughs) And I was like, okay, figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) But ever, but then after that, just something switched in me where I had this, I realized that, okay, this. I'm meant to be giving these gifts, but I, it still hadn't quite aligned. So I guess what, I guess it was like a culmination of my whole journey is I realized that I have a purpose higher than just my ego's purpose, um, or or some version of success and that the world, we, my highest purpose and the whole reason why we're all here is to take our role in that um, awakening process. And I still question myself all of the time. I still question my ability. I still question if I'm doing enough. I mean, this is a constant, like I just decided to take a social media break to uh, yesterday because I am totally burnt out. Yeah. Totally burnt out. So I'm what still about learning this season. Like, I swear I took a, a podcast break. I, I'm like, oh, good. At the time we're recording this, I decided I'm not putting any podcasts up for the next six weeks just to nice. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's funny that we both, <laughs> I don't, I guess I, you know, I had a lot of things happen. I had some like medical news happen and I didn't even have time to really like be able to feel those feelings because I've been so busy And feeling this pressure to be constantly creating con content, you know, I've been doing it for so long. I realized like I've posted something almost every day for the past five years with no Mm -hmm. break, no break at all. Yeah. And I started to be like, what is the point? You know, like I get that I, I want to be giving to people, but I, I started to realize that I needed to enter a stage where I knew I didn't need that validation. And, and I've been talking about that for a long time. I know, you know, I know my higher self has been wanting that for for me for a long time, but it got, it, it was like, it got pushed on to me because I was burning out and freaking out and I was a total mess. And I was like, I need, I need space. Yeah. Well, good for you for taking that time and making that 
like, it's hard. Like, I, I know I feel the same way as a creator, like someone just like, you feel like you're, if you're not present, you're not helping the world. And it's mm-hmm. like, I can't help the world if I don't help myself first. Yeah. Um, I barely took a maternity leave and posted a episode every week for the last year, trying to raise a baby after traumatic birth and the whole bit. Oh so, my gosh. Eh, you know, like ugh, capital yeah. <laughs> just yeah. makes us feel like we have to go and go and go and continue. Yes. Yes. So going to switch gears here just a little bit. There was an interview I listened to, uh, I think it was the sassy spiritual podcast maybe. And there was something that I, I wanted to understand better and love what you guys had talked about. And as, uh, what does it mean to be non-binary as a spirit? Mm, yeah. And I loved this concept. I'd love to dig into that. Yeah. You know, I think that a lot of people have their own, um, journey to, understanding, um, their gender presentation. And when I've always felt really connected to spirit, um, even when I was little, even though I wasn't, wasn't really conscious of it, I always felt something was going on in me that was different than what we see (laughs) and and actually experience. I just felt, and when I heard about the concept of um, being non-binary and gender non-conforming, I immediately something inside me was like, yes, that's, that's what it is. Because for me, spirit has no gender. And I don't feel like a woman or a man, you know, I just don't. Mm -hmm. And, but when I started to have those feelings, I was like, oh, but I can't be because I look really feminine and I look like a woman. And, only like, you know, androgynous people can identify like that or only, you know, um, so for years I didn't try try to pursue it. And then I met my, my spouse who I know now, who is, um, also genderqueer and they really helped me understand and help me evolve, you know, really what, you know, that gender is just like this system of how we organize each other and how we see each other. And it's really just concepts that have are fairly new. Um, And then, you know, through education and through becoming more aware. And so when people ask me about my feeling of it, I really, I lean into how I feel it, that it is me just identifying with my true self, with spirit, who I really am. Um, and it helps me actually, you know, when, when somebody uses my correct pronouns or when, when I, when I like tell people or when I tell, it feels really good, Mm. you know, like how, like sometimes you get like a crystal or something and you just feel you hold it and you just feel like, oh, this is right. And it's like, kind of like a little portal to connection. That's how I feel about it. You know, Yeah. that's how I, I feel that it helps me plug in actually, Mm. because I'm saying this is the real me, not how I dress or how people see me or, or, you know, put how people box me in. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, it's, it's pretty bizarre, you know, it's a pretty, it's pretty bizarre that we like the way our clothes are made can make such a difference. And it wasn't always like that. Actually, do you know, Alok, the, um, poet, he, um, they are a gender, uh, like a, an activist and, um, they're gender non-conforming non-binary and they do so much to bring awareness about it. And actually I was listening to their interview with Glenn Doyle mm. about, 
um, non-binary and about gender and about gender presentation. And they made it a great point about how actually skirts for a long, long time were seen as symbolizing a connection to spirit. They were worn in, you know, ceremonial yeah. by everybody. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, it was very recent that we, that, you know, colonialism and all these things in patriarchy made this separation, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so when you start to uncover all of these things about why we do the things we do and, and there, there's a history about it, you know, and there's, and there's steps and there's actual people, there are ideas that were put into our heads. And so as I'm uncovering these layers, I, I'm realizing, um, and then after you get all through, uncover all the layers, you realize it's just, it's just your, your spirit left. <laughs> like that's really who you are, you know? Yeah. 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 I think that that's really beautiful. And it's something that to me helped me better understand because like being a cis person, um, but still person of color. It's like, I get some of it, but not all of it and trying to understand. Yeah. Like why, why is it that we have to conform to certain things? Why is it that like, it's funny, like it, this sounds so innocuous, but like my hair, for instance, Mm -hmm. like having to cut my hair after, um, postpartum and like my hair all falling out and whatever. And like, I actually really like my hair short, like pretty short because Mm -hmm. it's like, I can wake up. I don't have to do shit. Like it's awesome, but it does because of outward society, make me feel a way like I'm not as pretty Mm -hmm. or I'm not as feminine. And I'm personally, I don't see myself as a very feminine woman in the first place, but, um, it is this idea that if you don't look this way, or if you don't Mm -hmm. have long hair, if you don't have Mm -hmm. this then you're not pretty. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, where did that come from? That's dumb. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) coming around that, this, this idea of spirit, what's really interesting and really got me into this concept as well is, um, when I started looking at, uh, reincarnation and started really getting really into past life regression and looking my other lives. And one life I was a monk here. And then I was, a um, uh, what is it called? Knights of Templar, one of those people, <laughs> um, at some point. And then I was this, this woman who was in German beauty pageants or what, I know like mm. all kinds of random stuff. And I thought, you know, I never look back at those and, you know, and think like, oh, I was a man. And I very much identify with that lifetime as a man, like, or I was a woman. And I very much identify as a woman. I just think of myself as a spirit who's going through these lessons and educating themselves and trying to expand. And so to look at the way our language is and how it really limits us and being able to, um, even when like learning a new language, it's like this noun is feminine. This noun is meant. Why? Mm -hmm. Like it Mm -hmm. it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Anyway, Mm -hmm. all that to say, um, I was having trouble grasping the, the inclusivity aspect of language and how important language is and why it means something. And I think it's so beautifully that you express that, that it makes you feel more like you. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's important and like nail on the head for me. And I thank you for, for saying that for our audience as well. I know that there are so many in our community who feel unseen and unheard. And I think that that will really like really, really hit home for them. Um, so what does it mean to be queer within the context of spiritualities and how can, you know, the spiritual industry be more inclusive? Well, you know, it's really hard for me to identify with the spiritual or wellness, like 
uh, niche, even though I'm sure a lot of people put me that in that or think of me. And I do align with that in a lot of ways, but for me, I'm kind of like a creative, I'm an artist first. Um, and that's kind of my spiritual practice is, is, is using my creativity and channeling in that way, whether it's through writing or, um, you know, helping, like, I even feel like when people ask me questions, like say for the podcast where I answer advice questions and, and when I really try to see through that lens, to me, that's still an aspect of, uh, my creativity because I think we can all see that way, but there's a certain way that you articulate it. Mm-hmm. And there's a certain way that you put it, you, you visualize it and you describe it and, and, and you shape it with your, with your words that help people understand. And I think that's the craft of that work. Yeah. Um, so, but I do, you know, one of the reasons why I think it's so important to talk about this stuff, especially spiritual communities, because like, you know, like racism, um, like sexism, a lot of those subjects are like looked over in a lot of ways because people don't want to seem divisive or, but, you know, and it's funny. And I was going to say this about the gender thing, like, even though in my heart, I'm spirit, like I still can honor, um, you know, playing at the, my femininity or playing at my masculinity. Like there's, just because you know, you are beyond it. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with Mm -hmm. identifying in that way and honoring that. And I think sometimes what happens in the spiritual community is they'll go, they'll skip over the healing that needs to happen in this world because, you know, everybody's stardust and they, everybody just needs to realize that that's the answer. (laughs) Like we just need to realize it. And, you know, you know, Ram Dass said this really cool thing in his last book before he wrote his memoir before he passed um that was like he talks about how he was giving this lecture at 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 a college that was a predominantly like black college people color college and he was invited there to talk about like spirituality and meditation and he realized in that moment that it was really like wrong of him to tell all these people, you know, that this is what they should be doing, Mm -hmm. um, in order to heal the world. And he said, you can't ask people to meditate when you've never given them a voice, like, you know, and that to me was like, oh yeah, (laughs) you know, we, there are things that we need to do here we're here as spirit. We came, we're here to transform Yeah, and through love and compassion. And you can't do that without letting people be where they are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's even like, you know, even people who feel like they need to identify as a woman because, because for them that empowers them. I, I see, I know that, you know, so there's people have different people are in different stages and have different relationships to language, have different, you know, ways of healing. And to me, how we connect and how we see each other through that healed place is to accept, you know, everybody for where they are in their journey and, and, um, know that they are enough, just how they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, 
ah, oh, you're such a good person with words. Okay. <laughs> I just think, I think it's super important when we talk about acceptance for sure. Cause there is a lot of resistance when you encounter something new. I mean, with like spirituality or anything else, like, it's like always like, mm, what is that? I don't, I'm unsure what that is. And, and people have a lot of resistance to that when, when trying to learn something new or expand themselves. And, and I think that, that there's obviously a particular type of resistance when it comes to, Hey, we're, we're taking down the patriarchy. Hey, we're going to look at queer issues, racism issues, or whatever. I know that on this show, we've talked um, about several of those issues and I'm, I'm trying so hard to make it such a priority to make sure that the voices that have not been heard, um, are being heard, especially on this show. And like, and it's been become a priority of mine, but I noticed that when we do talk about difficult topics that require people to expand, the listenership goes down quite a bit. Mm. And I said, I will not catch myself in the trap of trying to please an audience and mm. continue to, to stand by what it is that, I, that I'm doing here and call people out. Like not, not in like a bad mm. way, but yeah. like we're all in acceptance and where we're at in our journey. If they're not ready to listen to it, they're not ready, but that this is, this, this is the work mm-hmm. that is important to do if we are all trying to become one and come back to stardust, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, we need to yeah. first understand first, accept, first come into being and saying, oh, okay, well, how do you see the world? Like, well, like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, and it, it doesn't have to be a big drawn out, you know, political thing. Just let people be who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's super beautiful in the way that you communicated that. Yeah. Um, so did you have something to say about that? You sound like well, you. I was just saying, I think it's very, it's a triggering issue for people because they feel a lot of shame mm-hmm. about like Ooh, things about that, shame. yeah, they feel shame for the things that they don't know, or they're afraid to make a mistake or, you know, they're afraid of being judged. And I think that that's why we need to keep talking about it because what's, what's, what I feel has been helpful to my audience and what I'm writing about in my book is like, okay, what we need to do is break down the conditioning and why we have it over here. Mm -hmm. That's over here, but you are not it, you know? And when you can stop, when you can see yourself as separate than your conditioning and know that that was put on you, you can give yourself the power to work through that and to like, to be accountable to it, Mm -hmm. to, um, to change it, you know, to question your thoughts, question why you have those judgments, why you're making those assumptions to do that work. And so the more you talk about it, the more you talk about systemic racism or systemic, you know, inequality and oppression, you realize, oh, wait a minute, this, this is this, it makes so much sense that I have this stuff, you know, it doesn't, I'm not a bad person. Like this is the environment I've been raised in. This is what I've been told to believe about myself and about people around me. And it it's wrong and it's hurting me too, yeah. you know, by the way. Um, and when you, when you realize that and you stop blaming yourself and you, and you start, you're able to take accountability for it. And it becomes a really beautiful process because when you do that from that place, you also see how it plays out you know, it's so funny that people, spiritual people wouldn't talk about like relationship stuff as if gender dynamics aren't playing a role as if race isn't playing a role, like all of that stuff as if trauma isn't like systemic actually from 
that conditioning, like when you think about it, like, you know, the need to hurt somebody or to dominate another person because they feel a sense of lack. We're all, this is all the same issue. Yeah. It's all just has different branches. Yeah. You know, it's all connected and you can't separate it. You know, you yeah. can't, cause it's this world that we're living in. Yeah. Um, so you're missing out, I think on a lot of healing that was actually going to help you not just in like who you are in the world, you know, healing the world, but help you heal. Right. Right. That I find myself like just processing after you talk <laughs> because there's so much to unpack. Uh, what's really beautiful of that is the shame component as well. I, this is why I will not edit out my mistake on the show of like mispronouncing you. Oh um, yeah. Because, you well, because there's immediately this moment of shame immediately. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. I fucked up. I mm-hmm. messed up. I shouldn't, mm-hmm. I don't want anybody else to know that I messed up and I'm mm-hmm. not on this show. Everybody knows I mess up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but, but for that to be very real, I, my, my brain went radio silence for about 30 seconds, like shit, mm-hmm. I messed up. Um, but that, I don't know what it is about our society that just feels like we can't make mistakes that yeah. we're unable to make mistakes that we're unable because it makes people afraid of growth. Mm-hmm. Like the mistake yes. in the mistake is where you learn <laughs> in yes. the, the error of our ways that we figure out something is wrong. We have the opportunity to write it and correct our mistake. And in that, like, I mean, in every aspect, we, we actually talked on your show about cancel culture mm-hmm. and I, we, I made a di- distinction between that versus accountability mm-hmm. and accountability being very important component for us to, mm-hmm. to not like deepen our shame and run away from that and become defensive and, and more yeah. emboldened in whatever it is that we think, but it's an opportunity for growth. And, yeah. and that's super, super powerful. If that is what we are looking for as these spiritual beings, those of us taking in all the spiritual content, mm, I want to grow, I want to become one, but we don't want to face our shit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Super important. Skip over it. That part. Yeah. You know, that's why if you share something on Instagram, what gets a lot of likes is, is, is you like pointing out what other people are doing wrong, how they mistreated you like Mm -hmm. that, that will easily go whoop up the algorithm because everybody can agree that there are assholes out there that you need to protect yourself from those toxic people and da, 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 da. But it there, it's a lot harder for people to start talking about your own accountability in a relationship. You know, it's so much about, oh, you need your partner to do, you know, A, B, and C, because that's what you deserve. And, and a lot of times we don't talk about how it's two ways. Right. And you, if you expect people to accept you, you also have to accept them and you can't have it any other way. Yeah. Yeah. Super powerful. Um, especially like yeah, it's so right. Like we do look at that and see like where people, we just like out with pitchforks, like, ha ha, someone messed up, watch them fall. Da, da, da. You know, um, I always, <laughs> I watch, I love a cautionary tale, um, but more so because I'm afraid of fucking up myself. And so if I'm afraid of fucking up, it's like, if I watch the cautionary tale, I can figure out from their mistakes, what not to do. And a lot of those are easy, like things not to make mistakes on. Um, But I think culturally we've become uh, addicted to what that feels like to look at someone fall and to point the finger, because in some ways it makes us feel better about ourselves. 
Well, yeah, because we're looking at through that hierarchical lens. So we're always assessing, okay, who's above me, who's below me mm-hmm. or people that are below me, the higher I feel on that ladder. Right. You know, How so bring one... it on, bring it yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch the Bravo. Let's see everybody fall from grace. Yeah. Uh, so what does that look like to tap into one's higher self to, um, you know, obliterate the ego's need for that hi- hierarchical position? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that it's, you know, I don't think, I think it's a practice. I don't think it's ever going to be, you're not going, we're not probably not in this, you know, rotation going to be enlightened masters, you know, <laughs> and I think it's really about, um, becoming more aware educating yourself, taking on that responsibility. And then, you know, to not judge yourself for having that stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, say for example, like I was a very jealous person in relationships and, you know, and I thought it was, and it was probably because my first girlfriend cheated on me with many different people. And that was like my first queer love. And, you know, I had like depended, she became my family when my family didn't blah, blah, blah. And so then I looked to partners for validation and all of this stuff. Well, right. then I would be jealous. First, I was just trapped in the jealousy, you know, thinking I'm in the right. Right. So that lasted years. Then I started to really, okay, maybe this has to do with how I'm seeing this. You know, maybe the other person deserves trust. They didn't do anything. They're not my ex. Um, my ex was bad and I'm good and they're good. And like, fuck my ex. She did this to me. Right. But then I reached another, another level where I was like, fuck, my ex was like a, t- a kid, you know, she didn't mm-hmm. know. And it wasn't actually about my ex. It was about what happened with my parents. It was Mm. about like, you know, me not feeling validated. And I had been holding this grudge over this person for like 20 years. You know what I mean? Um, And so I guess what I'm saying is that when you get closer to getting invested and exploring that stuff, like the why you're having those thoughts, you know, why you're feeling bad, noticing it, you can get even more layers of clarity as to the only problem people think they have a lot of problems, but the only problem that you would ever have is not being aware of your higher self. Like Mm. that's really the only thing that's ever going on, not knowing your worth Mm. and behaving from a place where you don't know your worth, you know, so it's, but you know, it's difficult, but I think we're already doing it. That's a thing. Like yeah. we're doing this work already. We've been doing this work. Yeah. And I think just having kind of like a name for it has helped me, you know, cause I'll be like, oh, I need a higher self, this situation, you know, like <laughs> I need to, you know, and what it means is that I need to kind of like detach from that conditioning, from my trauma and from, you know, systemic stuff. And really, you know, same, that's what I'm going through with the social media. Mm-hmm. I realize, okay, I need to bring way more higher self into this situation. I need to take some space because right now I'm so caught up. Mm. I'm yeah. so caught up in it. Yeah. You know, and it's, I mean, obviously I'm still caught up in it, but at least I know what to do. Yeah. You're, you're, you're peeling each layer of the onion yeah. back and getting yeah. closer to that. 
Um, that is super important because like right now, I don't know if it's just like what has been going on in the stars, but it seems like everybody that I've been talking to has been going through massive transition between mm-hmm. their, them, their egos and their higher self, like all the situations. Um, I had a channel come through talking about why everything is so slow right now. Like we're mm-hmm. really cultivating an action of, of patience and, you know, learning yeah. what it means to shift into a space of being able to exist in what's presented to you right now, instead of always looking to the future, like the future, always, always like a validator for us. I can't wait until this thing happens. And then that thing happens and then excitement fades. And then you're like, okay, well, what's next? You know, like we're always like in that like future mode and not in our present. And it's really hard for us to connect to our intuition and our higher self when we are in outside of our brain up into the future, all up in their ass, you know? Mm -hmm. So (laughs) there's this, this situation very private family situation that's going on right now. And, um, and I find myself so frequently having to come back to this space of like, okay, what am I learning right now? Like thug Leo really wants to come out and like beat some ass. And there's this part of me that's like, you know, evil Kermit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like having those thoughts and which is natural. Everybody has them, but there's this part of me that's, that's slowly stretching, slowly growing, slowly starting to understand, slowly starting to have compassion, slowly starting to go, okay, like this person or whoever has this really bad thing happen to them when they were a child. And this is why they may act this way and whatever, and trying to find a place to see it that way you know, mm-hmm. from the higher self perspective, my mm-hmm. ego is holding on to, this isn't fair. This isn't how this should be. This is not good for so-and-so these are hurting people that I love. And mm-hmm. my higher self is going, yes. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can you talk to me about what that feels like for you? I mean, I totally understand that. Um, and I think that actually, you know, the way I think about the, what the higher self perspective is, is like, okay, what's love calling me to do right now. And love calls you to do different things, right? Sometimes love calls you to make a boundary. Sometimes love calls you to confront somebody about something. Sometimes love calls you to walk away, but always love calls you to come at it with compassion because that's the only way that you're going to know which choice to make. Right. To be honest, like that, it gives you the vision to see the truth of the situation. And then from that place, you can decide what to do about it. Um, and obviously I don't know the situation, your situation, but I do think there are times call into your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do think there are times, you know, to say something, um, to protect your emotional health, to protect your own um, journey, but you also have to have the foresight to know, okay, is this just going to prolong it? You know, is this actually just going to keep me in it longer? Yeah. So what, what it's going to, what, what choice is going to help me keep my inner peace and keep growing? Sometimes Mm. that means saying something because sometimes you need to say something and say, you know, what you deserve and call somebody out. The other day I was at the pharmacy <laughs> and I'm, I'm really good at being like patient with strangers and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing, probably because I worked in service industry for so many years and mm-hmm. kind of knew that it's not worth, you know, yeah. but I go to the pharmacy. I'm already tense because I've had this health issues. I need to get my prescription. It's not there. And the person behind the counter immediately is 
annoyed that I'm there and rolling their eyes and doing all stuff. And I could feel it in my, I, I could feel myself. And I was like, I'm going to say something because, you know, like I wanted that per, I just knew I wanted to say something. And what I said was, are you okay? Hmm. You know, mm-hmm. are you okay? And they were like, yeah. Why does everybody always ask me that? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should look within. <laughs> I was like, you just seem a little stressed, you know? And And I walked away being like, I'm glad that I did say that, you know, because I don't want to feel that I'm going to be like, it's a okay, especially if I go back to this pharmacy for you to treat me like that. I'm just going to be smiling at you while you're like talking to me this way that, you know, and I've been in that place before. Like I've been so frustrated by waiting tables up that I would have, I, you know, I, at some point in my life, I'd take it out on whoever was at the table, like Mm -hmm. act like what, you know, you're a pain in my fucking ass right now, because I was, I didn't like my job, right. What didn't have anything to do with them, Yeah. but I wanted, but I needed to shut it down. So anyway, my point is, is that at any different times call for different reactions and you kind of have to know and, and trust that intuition about what's going to actually make things better for you in the long term. Right. Right. It's about long-term long-term that I, I totally agree with that because there are there are moments where it's like, oh, it'd be really good to say something smart right now. Um, I have a smart mouth. And there are other times where it's like, you know, it's not worth it. Like in this moment in time, like there are people, certain people that can't control what's going on or whatever. They are out of their hands, circumstance. And me saying anything doesn't actually change anything or help. Like, can they way. even hear it? They, can they even hear it? No, you know, you know? Mm-hmm. so it is, it is that, that kind of like, let me consult with my higher bitch and Mm -hmm. and see if this is going to be worth it getting to that space and and recognizing like the difference between what your ego wants to say versus what your higher self has to say and finding uh that that space of love which is super important finding that space Mm -hmm. of acceptance for what it is that you're going through and what it is that the universe may be teaching you at the time Mm -hmm. um how you can expand because you're right sometimes we need to say things sometimes we need to open our voice and let that throat chakra shine. (laughs) And then other times it's like, okay, well, is this going to actually serve me or the person that I'm speaking to? Um, is it better for, for things to go to the wayside, (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you will. Um, but for our expansion, for us to be, uh, be able to become more accepting, loving, more connected beings Mm -hmm. in this oneness that we call in. And also for yourself, because obviously it's triggering an issue within you and, and, and it's an opportunity to explore that. Okay. Like this is making me feel this way, right? You know, this person is, is, has the power through their behavior to make me feel less than, okay. Like, what is that about? Yeah. It does. Do they actually, they don't, you know, and what is it about them? That's triggering something within me that needs to be looked at. And, and, and in that way, we're always being sent people. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Always being sent, (laughs) (laughs) including the pharmacy guy. Thank you. Pharmacy guy. He has no idea how much I've talked about him. (laughs) I love those people. They become like benchmarks in our pillars for, for Mm -hmm. how we change. Um, all right. Well, before we go, I'm, I really want to talk to you about art and we're going to talk about it on the Patreon. So if you guys want to hear the rest of this conversation, go to patreon.com slash the lovely Aaliyah. We're going to talk about, um, Bunny's badass ability to create 
are in a really fun way. But before that, uh, can you tell people where they can find you and when is your book coming out? It's not coming out till fall 23. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a bit, I mean, yeah, be on lookout. Um, they can find me at Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash XO higher self. They can listen to the podcast. That's what I would really love it. The podcast is XO higher self, um, available everywhere. And they can follow me at bunny Michael. I'm on, um, Instagram on TikTok on all the stuff. Um, yeah. Pafe. That's it. Sorry. I've been doing my fringe lessons. lately. <laughs> <laughs> Voila. All right. Well, it was such a treat to speak to you. And, uh, it's, it's just like, I just thank you so much for being on the show and talking to us uh, about what's on your heart. Everyone. If you like this episode, please share it with someone you love and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Aaliyah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.